as we seek your kingdom and your righteousness every other thing that is needed for this life shall be added unto us in Jesus name it is our man that you bring us salvation in every aspect of life we give you praise and glory in Jesus name somebody give Jesus the loudest clap you can and let me hear you shout hallelujah Amen. Wave to three people and tell them it is my month of divine experiences. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Yes. All right. So this morning, I'll be speaking briefly on the wonders of soul winning. The wonders of soul winning. John chapter 15 verse 16 I will be a bit fast because I have a lot of things to say John 15 16 um, give it to me in the NIV alright let me read it from here you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last Somebody say fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So that whatever, whatever you ask the Father in my name, it will be given to you. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says to 20, he says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover all these promises because go and if you go these signs shall follow them that go somebody say a big amen so in this month of june it is our month of evangelism visitation and follow up but this morning i have three main objectives number one for us to understand the purpose of soul winning to understand the purpose of soul winning number two understanding the profits or benefits of soul winning and number three understanding the practice of soul winning Number one, those of you who wrote, number one is what? Understanding the purpose of soul winning. Everybody say together, understanding the purpose of soul winning. What is number two? Oh, I didn't hear you. Number two, understanding the profit or benefits of soul winning. And number three, Talk to me. Number three. Let's say together, understanding the practice of soul winning. All right. So we are trying to achieve these three things in this service this morning. 
Number one, the purpose of soul winning, the profit or the benefits that goes with winning a soul. And then number three, the practice of winning a soul or how to win a soul. Somebody say amen. Now, soul winning is a very crucial aspect of committed Christianity. Soul winning is a very integral, very, very crucial, very, um, you know, uh, how, how do I put it? Very core. It is a core aspect of a dedicated or a committed Christian life. So, for any Christian life that is committed and fully dedicated to God, soul winning cannot be exempted. Any Christian life that claims commitment and claims to have zeal for the things of God and lacks in soul winning is not properly established on the word of God. The early church or the early Christians had soul winning as the core of their lifestyle. That was their core mandate. That was the lifestyle that they exhibited everywhere. The Bible says in the book of Acts, when there was persecution and they scattered them abroad, they went everywhere preaching the word. When there was, when there was persecution and they were scattered abroad, you, you will expect that they will go and be quiet. But when they went out, they rather preached the gospel everywhere they went because they had been scattered abroad. In the early church, soul winning for the Christians, soul winning for the apostles were the main thing. That was their main preoccupation. To the extent that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, 1 Corinthians 9, 16, Paul cursed himself. Paul cursed himself that if he do not or if he does not preach or win souls, let him be cursed. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory for. Of, for necessity is laid on me. Woe is me. The word woe simply means cursed. Cursed be unto me. May I be cursed if I don't preach the gospel. That is what Paul was saying. That is a life that was totally subdued in the things of God. Can I hear somebody say amen? Oh, I said, can I hear somebody say amen? In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5, Paul told Timothy, he says, 2 Timothy 4 verse 5, he said to Timothy, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist. Watch thou. In other words, be watchful, and do the work endure afflictions Christianity is not all about laughing and celebration there is a point where you have to endure Matthew chapter 24 says that those who endure to the end the same shall be saved may your endurance bring you profit in the name of Jesus Christ if your amen is louder it will be a blessing to your life amen so Paul said to Timothy that do the work of an evangelist some few years ago when i became a christian a few years ago few years ago i became a christian some 20 maybe 24 25 years ago few years ago it was an abomination for you to sit in a trotro and you don't speak to somebody about jesus those of you who are a bit old is that correct yeah and I hear that even generations before us, it was even more serious. That if you move around as a Christian and you do not have gospel tracts, huh? gospel tracts, it means there was something wrong with you. Surprisingly, in our generation, there are Christians who don't know what a gospel tract is. There are Christians who have never seen a gospel tract. They don't know how it looks like. It means that something is wrong. But I came to tell us this morning that we are going back to the old time religion. You see the Coca-Cola Fanta Christians. They didn't say amen. I said we are going back to the old time religion. Hallelujah. I remember those days in Trotro, we could, we could sit in Trotro, go up and down as much as our money could carry us. Huh? 
we go, we we'll sit in the space. Do, do they still have the space bus? Huh? They don't have space bus anymore. Uh, we used to sit in the space bus. Odoko to circle. Alright? Yes. And we'll just, we'll just be in the bus preaching. I remember one time, I sat in a bus. I think it was to 37 or somewhere. And I led somebody to Christ and the person believed. And I realized the person had a lot of faith. So I decided to minister the Holy Ghost baptism to the person in the trotro. And I ministered Holy Ghost baptism to the person in trotro. Then the, then the thing, tefaso. Do you understand? Tefaso. Atiafaso. That's the English of tefaso. I ministered the Holy Ghost baptism to the person. Then I thought that we would keep it cool because it was just us. Then the person started. Hey, ba, 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 ba. Hey, ba, 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 then the next structure station, I just got down and left the person in the bus. Yeah. I remember those days with people like um, Reverend David Entry, my friend who came here. And some of those people, Bishop George, creeped them at cycle. We'll be collecting people's cigarettes from them. Smoking. Small boys, you know those small small boys and those uh, collect it from them, step on it and tell them you are going to hell. <laughs> but today we have a generation of people. Everything we know is about Christian breakthrough. All the scriptures you know is about how you shall not die before your time, how you are about to break through. Hear me, by all means you shall break through. But may you be led in the ways of the Lord in Jesus' name. Some somebody will say a better amen. So why is so winning necessary? Why is so winning necessary? Yeah, it's very, very important. We need to know why. And, and let me say this when I was talking about tract, in our time, even when we print handbills f- to invite people to church, we don't like giving it to church members. Because when you give it to church members, they will send it home and they will be using it to write. And their children will use the back to draw human being. No, is it not true? Me, listen, if we could have entered into the rooms of some of you right now, we will find beams that were printed that was meant to bring somebody to the Lord in your home. Yeah. So why is so winning necessary? Number one. The salvation of soul, souls is God's priority. That is God's priority. Soul winning is God's priority. The salvation of soul is God's priority. That is the heartbeat of God. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 11 says, And go, get thee to them of the captivity, unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them and tell them so we are supposed to go and tell those in captivity we are supposed to speak unto them and we are supposed to tell them that says the lord we are supposed to do that in second peter chapter 2 verse 3 he says but it's long suffering or it's talking about the fact that god doesn't want anybody to perish but rather he's long suffering towards us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. That is God's priority. That is God's main objective. To the extent that in John chapter 3 verse 16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, anyone who believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is God's priority. He prioritized it to the extent that he sent and released his only begotten son, to die for you and I. If that is God's priority, may it also be your priority in the name of Jesus. Amen? If God must be concerned with your life, then you must be concerned with what concerns him. You didn't get it. If what concerns God begins to concern you, if what concerns God begins to concern you, then everything about you will concern him. You don't understand it. There are some people, nothing about them concerns God because they live for themselves. Nothing about God concerns them. There are people, nothing about the kingdom of God is interesting to them. 
They are not concerned about anything that has to do with God. They are only concerned about their needs. But when you begin to make God's need your need, your need will become his need. Oh, you didn't hear. Listen, that is why this month, it is the perfect month for somebody's breakthrough to begin. Oh, yes. Because as you make God's need your need, I said your need. I don't care what that need is, but your need will become his need. Somebody clap your hands and say a big amen. Number two, the salvation of soul is what generates joy in heaven. Salvation of souls generates joy in heaven. Luke chapter 15 verse 10. Salvation of souls generates joy in heaven. Luke chapter 15 verse 10. The Bible talks about the fact that when one soul re- repents, there is rejoicing in heaven. Yeah. When one soul repents. So if through you, one person comes to Jesus, you have generated, you have organized and actually prepared a party in heaven. For one soul that you made to come to Jesus, you have created a whole party in heaven. And look at what it says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. He said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man will sow, he will reap it. You cannot create joy in heaven and experience suffering on earth. If you create joy in heaven, heaven will create joy in your life. Uh, Your amen is weak. I said, (laughs) if you create joy in heaven, heavens will create joy in your life. Somebody say amen. So, soul winning, yes, it is unto God, but there is more we benefit from. I'm telling you. Imagine that you brought a sinner to God. And then, because of that, all of heaven, the angels, everybody, Jesus, everybody, they are singing. Hallelujah. 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 And they are singing and they are worshiping because they just saw that Yamansa have entered the church. Yamansa have come to receive Jesus. Wow! And they are excited. And all of them get up on their feet and they are clapping and shouting because of that one soul. And you think that you will still be a miserable person. You can never be a soul winner and remain miserable. For every joy you create in heaven, you shall experience the same. Oh, I said you shall experience the same. That's what the Bible says that don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man will sow, he will reap it. Some of you who have been so witness, get ready. Very soon, when your harvest begins, oh my da, 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 da. I said, when your harvest begins, the whole world will celebrate with you. Somebody give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. You can't make heaven rejoice, and Satan will make you cry. You can't make heaven. You can't create a party in heaven and Satan will give you something to cry about. (laughs) Number three, the salvation of souls is a reward for the suffering of Jesus. The salvation of souls is a reward for the sufferings Jesus suffered. In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11, the Bible says, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. All of us here, we are the reward of his travail. For every saint, you are the reward for his travail. Somebody say, I am his reward. Oh, let me hear you say, say, I am the reward for his travail. Or you don't believe that? You are the reward. So, for every soul that is one, we are the reward. The souls are the reward for his suffering and his travail. He says, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall many righteous servants justify shall many righteous servants justify many amen for he shall bear their iniquity so he was talking about salvation and was saying that when a soul repents that is the reward for his travel so anytime we win a soul what we are saying is that jesus you did not die in vain anytime one soul comes to jesus we are saying that jesus this is the reward of your death. You were not spat upon in vain. You were not slapped in vain. 
You are not, you are not tortured in vain. They do not put a crown of torture on your head in vain. Jesus, you did not suffer in vain. Anytime one soul comes to Jesus, we are saying that this is the reward for your suffering for humanity. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And if you can make his suffering profitable, he is obligated to make your suffering also profitable. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm... Are you, are you getting the revelation? Are you, are you sure you are getting the revelation? If you can make his suffering profitable, then he will make your suffering profitable. That is the only time that you can see that meaning that is the only time because you did not make his work in vain you did not make his suffering be in vain so he will make sure that your suffering shall not be in vain may your labor of love never be in vain I said may your labor of love never be in vain somebody lift up your hand and say my labor will not be in vain because his labor was not in vain. Come on, say it again. Say, my labor will not be in vain. Because his labor was not in vain. Hallelujah. Anytime you make it look like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's not saved, but it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. You are also saying that, look, Jesus, you died in vain. You died in vain. May his death and his travail not be in vain because we will take up the mantle to let make sure it is not in vain somebody say amen number four quickly the salvation of soul is the rescue of multitudes from hell the salvation of soul is the rescue of many from hell the salvation of soul is the rescue of many from hell there are Christians today who don't believe in hell there are born again Christians. There are so-called born again charismatic Pentecostal Christians who don't believe in hell. They say with their mouth they believe in hell, but their actions show they don't believe in hell. They don't believe in hell. If you believe in hell, you will know that your husband that is not saved, when he dies, he will go to hell. You will know it. And then say, hey, Pastor, don't be judgmental. I'm not being judgmental. I'm telling you what the scripture says. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> why you can't respond you, do you understand what I'm saying yeah, I mean, it is not me saying it he that believeth in him shall be saved he that believeth not shall be condemned it's as simple as that so whether the person is a nice person or a good person or a bad person if they don't believe they will go to hell that's the point amen so, and, and the truth of the matter is that there are a lot of us who will go to heaven and you see your friends in hell. There are some who will be in heaven and you see your children in hell. There are people who, who will go to heaven and see their wives in hell. There are people who will see their husbands in hell. I know it's not something people like to hear, but the truth of the matter is that hell is real. You remember Lazarus and the rich man? When Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom, the Bible says that he looked and he saw the rich man. And the rich man also lifted up his eyes and he also saw Abraham. Even though the gap was very wide, they saw each other and they could communicate. <laughs> Some of you, there are people who will be asking you that you are such a wicked person. So you knew the way to escape hell and you didn't tell me. Yeah. Some of you work with people, you could just tell them that can 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 you follow me to church? At least you know that when they come to church, an altar call will be made. You never did. Some of you, when you are even coming to church, you hide your Bibles. You wrap your Bible with graphic. Because you don't want anybody to know that you are a Christian. Yeah. That is the height of wickedness. Imagine what HIV is doing or what coronavirus is doing to the world. And somebody has a cure for coronavirus or AIDS. And the person says, I will never show it to anybody. What would the world say of the person? No, talk, talk to me, talk. What would they say? They'll say the person is very wicked, isn't it? Yeah. And there are so many of us, that's how you are. In the family, you are the only one saved and you are happy. And you are calling the mommy are money for. Mommy are the money for. Mommy are the money. You see? Be the one to deliver them from hell. Yeah. 
there is somebody who is going to there's a small child there are some people who depend on you if you the day you tell them that follow me to church they will be so glad that you told them to come to church <laughs> and some of the people who are going to hell they don't even sleep they are going to hell I remember some few weeks ago here I was sharing handbills and speaking to people in the street here and then this guy they were in a taxi I think it was a taxi and then I was giving the handbill to somebody in the taxi and then the person said I forgot what he said but he said something and then another person I think it was the driver or somebody else in the car said to him also they won't check on the person told you, told the person was misbehaving. Because I'm giving you humble, you are misbehaving. Are you understand what I'm talking about? But let's even assume that the person has slapped me. So what? If that would be enough to save somebody, Jesus paid the ultimate price. So save somebody from hell. Stop hiding your Christianity. Some of you have come to sit here. Your children are at home. Some of you have come to sit here. Your house boy is at home. Your house girl is at home. No wonder when you are praying, they are also tightening witchcraft. Because you've left them at home. Do you know why Joshua said, I and my house will, pray, will serve the Lord? It means that I don't allow any demon to enter even my cat or my dogs. Yeah, so my cats must be saved. My dogs must be saved. My fowl must be saved. So that no demon can enter them. You have come. Listen, some of you, the way you have been fasting and praying, the way you can fast for seven days, that God should give you a breakthrough. This month, you can also fast for seven days that God save my husband. Save my husband. So that he won't go to hell. Why are you looking at me? You, you won't clap. <laughs> you are just looking at me. You are surprised at what I'm saying. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 25 verse 41, the Bible says, Then shall he say also, unto them on the left hand depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels so you see hell was not originally prepared for man do you understand what i'm saying he says depart into hell fire which was prepared for the devil and his angels hallelujah are, are we still together so that is what you must understand hmm? hell was not originally prepared for man it was meant for Satan and his demon. And everyone who doesn't know Jesus is on their way to hell. Please, if you didn't hear anything this morning, remember this. Anyone who have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, when they die today, they will go to hell. He said, oh, my pastor, they don't fornicate. Oh, but bishop, they don't, they, don't, they don't smoke. Bishop, they don't drink. Bishop, they don't do this. They don't do all the things we do. All right. The Bible didn't say that whosoever have stopped doing them. He said, whosoever believeth shall be saved. Because even your, our, our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. What saved you is not what you are not doing. What saved you is what you believe in. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that what you do cannot take you to hell. If you're a Christian and you smoke and you do all the things, you will still go to hell. But I'm saying that the fact that you didn't do those things does not give you a license to heaven. First of all, for your righteousness to be meaningful, you must first of all believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the first thing. Before your righteousness will count. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because there are people who naturally, they don't like drinking. They've never drank before, but they're not born again. There are Muslims who have never smoked before. There are people, there are Muslims who have only one wife. <laughs> and they are faithful to their wives. Are you get what I'm talking about? But the fact that you have only one wife doesn't mean that you go to heaven. That's the point I'm making. You must be saved. You must be born again. Except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. And the last thing is that salvation of souls brings honor to God. The salvation of souls brings honor to God. I love the scripture. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 28 says in the multitude is the king's honor Proverbs 14 28 it says in the multitude is the king's honor it says in the multitude of the people of people is the king's honor what he's trying to say is that 
The honor of any king is dependent on the number of people following him. The reason why Asantehini is more powerful than your village chief or my village chief is because Asantehini has more people following him. <laughs> are, you, are you understanding what I'm talking about? The reason why the queen of England is more powerful than Asantehini is because he has the whole nation under her and he has other territories. That's why they call them United Kingdom like Wales, Ireland and the rest. They are all under the queen. So our Jesus must have more multitudes following him than Satan has. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm trying to say? And when you make Jesus' honor more solidified, your honor shall also be solid. Oh, you didn't get it. In the book of Samuel, it says that those who honor me shall be honored. So as you make him more honored, your honor will never be taken away from you. I pray that this is your season that God will make you more honorable in the name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands and say a big amen. Have you understood what I'm preaching so far? Church, do you understand what I'm preaching so far? Or am I boring you? Okay. So, what is the profit or what is the benefit of soul winning? What is the benefit of soul winning? Number one. When I win a soul, what do I get from it? What do I get from winning a soul? Number one. It gives me access to divine presence. It gives me access to divine presence. Mark 16, 20. And they went forth. They went. And because they went and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming his word with signs following. The Lord working with them. The Lord's presence was with them. The Lord is with you simply means that you have the presence of God. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Church, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So they went everywhere. The Lord working with them with signs following. Signs were following them because they went and God was with them. Listen, anytime you go, anytime you go on his assignment, he is with you. You will never lack divine presence in the name of Jesus Christ. You cannot be a soul winner and demons are always around you. Hmm? Demons in your room, demons in your house, demons in your workplace, demons everywhere. When you are a soul winner, when you appear, light has appeared. Every darkness disappears. Oh, I said, every darkness disappears. As a soul winner, anytime you appear in any place, when you, you see, the day you are going to your village, maybe the witches are having a meeting. But as soon as you enter the village, Jesus has come. Because the soul winner appears with the presence of the Lord. May you be, may you be a carrier of divine presence. Number two. Winning a soul gives you access to God's supernatural power. For signs and wonders. Acts 1.8 And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. So, the reason for power is not for you to feel good. The reason for power is not for you to kill your enemies. <laughs> Please, are you still with me? The reason for the power of God is not for you to make money. The reason why God gives you his power is first of all for his work. First of all, for his work. If you commit yourself to God, you will never be lacking in power. Amen? Write down Mark chapter 16 verse 20. Listen, you must come to a place in your life when you say in the name of Jesus, See, see them. They are wondering what, what, what is he talking about? I just spoke Chinese. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> 
Hein? When you carry elle est yes, super comme bobovon dogo dogo la fima la fima means what right now eh huh live here yeah, from here okay whatever but dogo la fima they hear your voice because you are so winner but when you are not a so winner you can shout on the rooftop it will be empty shouts i said it will be empty shouts but when you are so winner i'm telling you it is a promise it is a promise that he cannot break he will not break his promise some of you where you are coming from you need power more than anything I'm telling you hmm? some of you are coming from families families where the demons there they are wicked demons unreasonable uneducated demons yeah. do you know an uneducated demon but what you need is power because when you declare in the name of Jesus they must hear you because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall cast out devils receive the power of god upon your life as you win a soul i said as you win a soul may you become a carrier of power when you enter your workplace may every power that is of the devil be confronted by the power of the holy spirit on your life somebody say a big amen, amen. number three next benefit is that soul winning gives you access to God's supply. Soul winning gives you access to God's supply. Somebody say God's supply. Oh, come on, let me hear it. Say God's supply. Amen. Listen, in Luke chapter 5 verse 4, or Luke chapter 5 from verse 1, Jesus goes to use Peter's boat as a vessel to stand on or as a platform for preaching. And when he had finished, he now told Peter, move a bit into the deep and cast your net. Then Peter says, the master, we have worked all night and caught nothing. Because when Jesus, when God is not part of your business, you will work all night and all year, you will get nothing. Business turns around when God is inside it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? This morning I was listening to um, Papa Diboye. Daddy Gio of Redeemed. And he, was, he said something very, I listened for about one hour. That is the only thing that stuck in my head. He said that anything that you don't commit to God, the devil is involved in it. He said, if you don't hand over your marriage to God, if your marriage is not committed to God, if your business is not committed to God, the devil will possess it. So listen carefully. Some of you who are, who are half, half Christianity, haven't you noticed that the thing that is not committed to God is what the devil attacks the most? Uh-huh. I said the thing you have not committed to God is the thing that the devil attacks the most. And Jesus said, Peter, go into the deep. And guess what? Peter caught fish that he couldn't carry. Soul winners are the ones that receive the more than enough blessing. Peter's fish, Peter's boat caught more than enough fish. Peter's boat caught more than enough fish may your life receive more than enough blessing yeah. there is a blessing called the blessing of more than enough you shall be a career of a more than enough blessing if your amen is allowed let it happen for you somebody say more than enough in Luke chapter 22 verse 35 Luke 22 35 and he said unto them when I sent you without a purse and script and shoes, lacked you anything or did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. When I sent you to go and preach, you did not go with a purse. In other words, you didn't carry money. You didn't carry food. You didn't carry water. You didn't carry anything. But because I sent you, did you lack anything? 
and they said nothing. One day, a young man told me, he said, Bishop, I want to do the work of God, but I'm afraid of my future. Then I sent him the scripture. I said, read this one. When he sent you, did he lack anything? Whatever God orders, he pays for it. Listen, the work of God attracts wages. Somebody, everybody say, I am on God's payroll. Oh, your voice is too low. Say, I am on God's payroll. Your voice is still weak. Say it again. Say, I am on God's payroll. But hear me. You are not confident to say this if you are not working for God. If you work for him, he will put you on his payroll. The other day I was telling some leaders, I said there is no volunteer in church. Me, I'm not a volunteer. People say, oh, eh, we are volunteers. We are volunteers. Eh, no, no, no. Me, me, I don't do chair. I am on payroll. The only difference is that in your company, they pay you CDs. In God's company, he pays us with a currency that is higher than paper. A currency that is higher than CDs, higher than dollars, higher than pounds sterling. It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. That is why when I see any young man, I see any young woman, I see anybody who is working for God, winning a soul for God, don't despise them. Don't look down on them. Because as long as they are on God's payroll, listen, if your company could pay you and the salary could take care of you for one month, can you imagine? God's salary. <laughs> listen, watch all the young people. And those of you who have been going for evangelism, every time, just watch your lives. Take pictures of yourself and keep it. In the next few years to come, you will be surprising yourself. Yeah. I said you will surprise yourself. Come on, can I hear somebody clap your hands and shout a big amen? Somebody shout loud, say, I am on God's payroll. So when you don't win a soul, you don't do anything for God. You see, you are, you, you are, you are obligated to take care of yourself. But when you work for him, He's obligated to take care of us. Somebody say a big amen. In Matthew chapter 14, chapter 17, verse 24. Matthew 17, 24. People accosted Jesus on the way and asked him for taxes. And guess what he did? Peter and Co were behind him. He had to pay for himself and pay for them. He said, go and get the fish. The first one he gets, open its mouth. There is money in there. Pay for me and pay for yourselves. Listen, when you are a soul winner, God pays your bills. <laughs> I said, God pays your bills. Your bills shall be paid. You see, 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 see. That land will be paid for. God will pay for that land. He will pay the children's school fees. He will pay for the house. He will. God will pay your bills. You can't be a soul winner and God will not pay your bills. He will pay your bills. Somebody clap your hands and say a big amen. Being a soul winner gives you access to divine wisdom. Access to divine wisdom. Proverbs 11 verse 30. He that wins a soul is wise. He that wins a soul is wise. He that wins a soul is wise. Not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many unto righteousness as the stars forever and ever. You can't be a soul winner and remain stupid. God's wisdom will hit your head. May the wisdom of God hit your brains this morning in the name of Jesus. Number five, soul winning gives you access to divine health and vitality. Divine health. Divine health. There is healing and there is health. Healing is Ayarasa. Health is Apomudin. You are always strong like a King Kong. In John chapter 15 verse 2, he says about those who bear fruit, 
He says, my father will prune. So once you are winning a soul, if there is anything in your body that is not supposed to be there, Jesus prunes it out of your life. He takes it out of your life. Somebody say amen. The same Paul who said that if I don't preach the gospel, I'm cursed. In Philemon chapter 1 verse 9, he is described as Paul the agent. Paul the... Come on, talk to me. Paul the... Paul the agent. He lived long. That was a preacher. You will live long. Because you see, once your body is used for God's service and for winning of souls, it is God's obligation to ensure that your body is healthy. When you use a company car, who services it? Talk to me. If you use a company car, who services it? If you live in a government bungalow, who is supposed to renovate it? Huh? Yes, that is why you can see all those bungalows, very dirty, broken, huh? all over the place because ready, government is not ready to renovate it. Isn't it? Yeah. They would rather choose to fly first class with our money. Those people, God will punish all of them one by one. Say amen. amen. <laughs> In the same way, when God uses your body to win a soul, who is responsible for renovating your body? What is your problem? Save God. Win a soul. From today, may you become a fruitful Christian in Jesus' name. How many of you are going to be more fruitful from today? Let me see your hand. You are going to be fruitful. How many of you are going to win a soul? Let me see your hand. You are going to win a soul. Say, Lord, help me to be a soul winner. Amen. And then number six, it gives you joy and fulfillment. Winning a soul gives you joy and fulfillment. Luke 10, 17. Luke 10, 17. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Master, the demons were subject to us through thy name. And the 70 returned with joy. Anytime you go out, may you return with joy. Now, those of you who win a soul, how do you feel? How do you feel? No, talk to me, church. Those of you who win a soul, if, you, if you've never won a soul before, you don't understand it. You can't say anything, so don't, don't, don't talk. But those of you who have won a soul, Reverend Pani, how do you feel? Elated, excited. Uh-huh. Give me some of the vocabulary. You, you speak English, oh. Elated and excited. Huh? Judith. English. Judith, how do you feel when... Do you win a soul anyway? If you don't win a soul, your English is just English. It, won't, it can't come into the Bible. <laughs> but wow, when you win a soul, sometimes when you see, look, I see, I see Atta sitting there. Atta, Atta is my friend. He's a very handsome guy. Huh? Atta, wave at the church. Let them see you. Yeah. When, I, when I see somebody like Atta, I'm saying, wow. Yesterday, where is Moses? Moses, okay. Yesterday, we went for, so when we were coming back, we got here. And the children, the children, we should have videoed that scene. When the children saw us, then they started, he, he, they started screaming, oh, coming, then this one will come and jump and hug me, this one will jump, do this, this one, oh. Wow. Money cannot buy that one. I'm telling you. May everyone here receive joy in your heart as you win a soul. Hallelujah. Amen. So quickly, let's talk about the practice of soul winning. And a lot of the things I've shared with you, you can find them in this book, Rise Up and Work. Huh? I've modified and changed a lot of things, but a lot of them you can find in this book. Number one, so how do we win a soul? Well, what are some of the avenues of soul winning? Later on, I'll talk about how, what to say when you go on soul winning. But today, I want to give you some of the avenues of soul winning. All right? I've said a lot of things within this time. All right? Number one is what we call the family and friends outreach family and friends outreach this is reaching out to and sharing the good news to family members and friends so these are the people readily around you these are people you know family members 
these are friends like you work in a workplace you have you, you work with people in the office or at the market or something these are people just around you hmm? now do you know uh, one of the other names given to this one is called the andrew um, um, um assignment or you know yes it's called the andrew type of soul winning or saint operation andrews or operation andrews john chapter 1 verse 40 john chapter 1 verse 40 down let's read it Let, let's read it quickly give it to me in the niv john 1 40 niv please andrew simon peter's brother was one of the two who heard what john had said who had fought jesus the first thing andrew did was to find his brother simon and tell him we have found the messiah that is the christ mm-hmm. and he brought him to jesus and jesus looked at him and said you are simon son of john you will be called Cephas, which is when translated is peter mm-hmm. the next day jesus decided okay so the point i'm making is that andrew first of all heard about jesus then the bible says that the first thing he did was to go and talk to his brother simon peter so in actual fact the person who brought simon peter is andrew and not much is said about andrew in the bible but peter became the chief apostle is that correct so sometimes when you when when you don't speak to the people around you you may be you may be killing some peter is that okay yeah so your children your relatives there are people who sometimes depend on you they look up to you it is very easy for such people for you to tell them let's go to church in fact they don't even have a say you understand what i'm saying now the person who took me to church i knew i knew her sister sabina and her husband and the reason why i went to church and we didn't even question anything is because every evening i used to go and eat in your house so they were the ones feeding me are you understand what i'm saying yeah. so one day the man just says Raymond Trasse. he speaks very fast What's here? <laughs> that's exactly what he told me I said, I've, been, I've been laughing at him with it then he led me to Christ I couldn't say anything so Sunday I just went to church I've become a bishop the highest he ever got was that he was a deacon but I've become a bishop are you understand what I'm saying he didn't need to try very hard because he was the one feeding me there are people whose life they, they, they depend on. There are people who, if you tell them today that I am in Zoeland, come, they will pick a car and come right now. Is it true? Yeah. Oh, come on, talk to me. Is it true? Yeah. So why, 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 why won't you use Operation Andrew? Amen? Oh, I said amen. Let me move on to the next one because of time. Number two, we call this one testimony or evidence evangelism testimony evangelism or evidence evangelism psalm 105 verse 1 from this point give me the scriptures when i mention it then you put it on psalm 105 verse 1 and 2 give praise to the lord go back to king james go back to king james kojobi version oh give thanks unto the lord call upon his name make known his deeds make known his deeds among the people make known his works make known the things the lord has done sing unto him sing psalms unto him talk you of all his wondrous works so at this point you are telling people of the things god is able to do how that you used to be a sinner and god saved you it's a testimony is somebody understanding what i'm talking about how that you used to always be sick but somehow today your life is never the same again how that some things used to happen in your life but today look at you it is a testimony some of you your biggest testimony is your picture 10 years ago if you take that picture and you take it to evangelism you tell them this is how i used to be look at me today this is what the lord has done it's a testimony i said it's a testimony come on i said it's a testimony 
Amen? In Mark chapter 1 verse 45, a leper was healed. The Bible says that he went out and published it. Eh? Mark 1 45. Give me that one. So when the leper was healed, but he went out and began to publish it much. He began to publish his testimony. Is healing the leper that was healed to the and to blaze abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more really enter into the city. <laughs> he, the guy testified to the point that Jesus could not openly enter the city. When Jesus is coming, he has to be dodging because of the crowds. Your testimony brings people to Jesus. You know in John chapter 4 about the Samaritan woman. Huh? You know that story? Jesus met her and said that, look, you you don't have a husband, you have had five already and the one you are living with right now is somebody's husband. Then the woman left a bucket, ran to the city and called everybody and said, come and see. A man who told me everything and the whole city came just to listen to Jesus Christ. One woman's testimony brought a lot to Jesus. Can you also share a testimony that will also bring somebody to Jesus? Sometimes, and I tell people, some, it doesn't need to be your own testimony. Reverend Pani shared a powerful testimony last week Sunday. Huh? How many contracts in one day or in one week? Two contracts. Three contracts in one week. And you know somebody who's starting to tell the person, look, even our resident pastor, because sometimes people think that pastors don't have testimonies. We have a lot of testimonies. You tell the person, even our resident pastor, in one day, God gave him three, three contracts. You share the testimony of how people were sick and God healed them. Of how God made a way for people. Share the testimonies. And, and we have some, humble, I think it's, that, that one is finished, where we put testimonies behind it. But tell people what God is doing. It doesn't, you don't need to lie, but tell people what God is doing in this church. Tell them. That alone. And tell them that when you come, he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and the same forever. If Jesus did it for somebody, he will do it for you. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. A lady sent me, one of those people who we have been praying with on the morning devotion platform, sent me a message this morning. He said, Bishop, you won't believe it. You know, she sent me a message some few weeks ago that her relationship for so long with a guy that they were supposed to marry, they were planning to get married and everything. Suddenly, they had to break up so painfully. This morning, she sent me a message. This early morning, she said, to the glory of God, yesterday we spoke we are back together again and we are planning to get married this month. And, and her age, she's not a small girl. So, this is a testimony. Is somebody understand what I'm talking about? By the time it is one year, you will see the number of babies will be dedicating in this house. So, share a testimony. Hallelujah. We have seen people who had no jobs, who have been believing God for jobs for years in this house. God has done it for them. One is looking at me right now. Huh? I'm waiting for your testimony. Whoever that person is looking at me. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? But God is a miracle working God. So testimonies, share it. There is nothing wrong to tell them that my bishop is anointed. When you come, God will do a miracle. There is nothing, there is nothing wrong. Are you understand what I'm talking about? So share testimonies. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And then there is welfare or good works evangelism. Good works evangelism like dockers. Giving clothes to people. That one is also a testimony. That one is also a means of evangelism. Amen. One of these days we'll be having um, a boutique session in this compound. Yeah. We'll display clothes. We'll bring people from all over around us. We'll come. We'll give them free clothes. We'll give them food. We'll give them yeah, good works evangelism. We'll bring children. Good works evangelism. Listen, we must use every means possible to win a soul. We must do everything possible to win a soul. Listen, by the time we have spent some years, we should be able to say that God 
around our community here we are free of the blood of all men because to the glory of God on this side of town there is no house I have not entered there is no single house <laughs> I have not entered I've entered every house you must have the same testimony somebody say a big amen come on let me hear you say a big amen and then we have what we call come and see hmm? or church invitation church invitation this one is what we call compelling them or come and see come and see compelling them church invitation I'm inviting you to church and listen this month everybody everybody in this church target one person I said target what please listen to what I'm saying I said everybody target what I can't hear some of you I said everybody do what target one person everybody target one person either at your workplace or in your in your neighborhood or in the community one person that you must see come to church don't say i want him to another church no jesus said bring them that your fruit may remain this means that bring them to your church and ensure that they've gone through combat class they've established in the faith if you if i win you and you go to eh, another church i see this how do i even know whether you're committed there or not you are my disciple discipleship ends when you are doing what i'm doing too until then i'm not finished my work are you understanding what i'm saying so i said this my target what i can't hear you i said target what one person one person somewhere in july or august we will have a service called the double harvest service and that service on that day our number must must double by force and that day, everybody, your one person, will sit next to you. If yours is three, all the three must sit by you. Hallelujah. Because it is possible. May you have that one person and more in Jesus' name. Alright. And then there is what we call the power of miracle evangelism. Power of miracle evangelism. Acts 1.8 Mark 16, 20. That is, you go, you see people, sometimes you pray for them, you know, and things like that. Like Mr. Edward. The man, I think I've introduced him in church before. I went to his house. I just entered the house and I was speaking to him and then he said, his wife is not even feeling well. I said, can I come in and pray for her? She said, why not? Come and come and pray for her. So I just went, laid hands on the woman, prayed for her. Her whole half, one half of her body was dead. Was dead. I prayed for her and I said, by evening, God has touched your life. In the house in the evening, the man called me and said, Pastor, and today, the man, his wife, his four children, all of them are committed members in this church. Are you understand what I'm saying? When you go out and you see people who are in need or complaining about things, pray for them. There is grace on your life. And then character evangelism character evangelism if people will not listen to your message if they won't listen to any of the things you have said or done may they see your character and know that jesus is lord you cannot be evangelizing and fighting all over in the city you cannot be an evangelist and you are sleeping with all the men around every boy in the area is having sex with you and you say you're an evangelist what kind of what kind of sex evangelism is this we don't we don't entertain sex evangelism Can I hear somebody say amen? Hmm? Brother, evangelism. Every day you are in the Loto kiosk. Every day you are in the Peteshiba. Every day you are in the. No, 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 no. Character evangelism. Somebody say character evangelism. It's also a very, very important one. And your life will never be the same again. I trust God that this year, this month, as you win a soul. May God make his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are you blessed? 
so another time we'll talk about what to say when you go out for evangelism we'll make time one of the weeks and then talk about that hallelujah but i want you to bow down your head let's pray for you to begin to even think of winning a soul you first of all must be saved your sins must be forgiven if your sins are not forgiven you yourself if you die you go to hell if your sins are not forgiven if you die you go to hell if you're like that and you want your sins forgiven please lift up one hand and i'm going to pray with you you want your sins forgiven lift up one and i'm going to pray with you or maybe you're a christian but you backslided and you want to come back to the lord lift up one hand let me pray with you is there anybody like that yes you want your sins forgiven please stand on your feet stand on your feet i'm going to pray with you you're a christian you backslided you're a christian you backslided stand on your feet i'm going to pray with you thank you my brother thank you my sister yes kindly walk out of your seat and come to me in front here come come yes are you clapping your hands put your hands together for them glory be to jesus church everybody lift up one hand with your eyes closed and let's pray this prayer together brother and sister please lift up your hand and say this prayer after me say lord jesus i know i'm a sinner i come to you today forgive me all my sins wash me with your blood and make me a new person today i rededicate my life to you take control of my life amen put your hand on your chest let me pray for you father in jesus name establish this ones let them never be the same again in jesus name amen god bless you